Welcome to the Australian Jewish Historical Society podcast. With records dating back to 1788, this series promises to bring to life some of the many stories the Society has preserved about the impact Jews and Jewish organisations have had and continue to have on Australian life. Be sure to visit ajhs.com.au to explore the many databases, photos, stories and articles now available online. Hello, I'm Anthony Pearl and welcome to In Times Gone By. In this episode, we'll be sharing some stories and information about early Jewish female icons. Before we get started, don't forget, we're always looking for access to new information and stories. So if you have anything which might be of interest, please contact the Australian Jewish Historical Society so we can look to include it in future episodes. We're delighted to have Suzanne Rutland as our guest storyteller today. Professor Emerita Suzanne Rutland, OAM, PhD, a renowned Australian Jewish historian, headed the Department of Hebrew, Biblical and Jewish Studies at the University of Sydney for 11 years. She's published widely on Australian Jewish history and written on issues relating to the Shoah, Israel, Soviet Jewry and Jewish education. She served for eight years as president of the society, the first woman to do so, and has been editing the Sydney edition of the AJHS Journal for 30 years, since 1991. Suzanne is a member of the Australian Expert Delegation to the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. Her book, The Jews in Australia, was published in 2005, and a further book co-written with the Australian Jewish journalist Sam Lipsky, titled Let My People Go, The Untold Story of Australia and Soviet Jews, was published in 2015. It was the joint winner of the 2016 Prime Minister's Literary Award, Australian History Section. She has a new book about to be published, a biography of Izzy Liebler. Suzanne, welcome. And our podcast starts with the remarkable story of Rosa Smith. Our podcast today deals with the remarkable stories of four Australian Jewish women. My own fascination with Australian Jewish history began when I was a young university student. In 1970, the Australian Jewish Historical Society published my first book, History of the Australian Jewish Times, now the Australian Jewish News, entitled 75 Years, the History of a Jewish Newspaper. This started a lifetime journey, which is still ongoing, including my involvement with the Australian Jewish Historical Society. Obviously, as a female scholar, I've always had an interest in the contributions of Jewish women in Australia, a story which is also highlighted in the late Lisbeth Cohen's book, Beginning with Esther. Our story today begins with the remarkable story of Rosa Smith, who was born Rosa Henriks in Port Maria, Jamaica in 1853. Many of our early settlers, as we know, came from the United Kingdom, 
But Rosa's family story begins in the late 1500s with the spread of the Inquisition, the expulsion of the Jews from Spain and Portugal in the late 15th century and the story of forced conversions. Many left for the new world of South America, practising their religion in secret. But by the early 1600s, many of these Fadi Jews, including Rosa's ancestor Antonio Henriques, who had been a merchant in Lisbon, had made their way to Holland, which was much more tolerant towards Jews. It was there that Antonio changed his name to Antonio Cohen Henriks and named his sons Abraham and Moses. Abraham stayed on in Amsterdam as a merchant trading with Latin America. Moses Cohen Henrik, however, turned to piracy or, par- or privateering, as it was properly called. It involved Dutch ships attacking the enemy ships of Spain. Needless to say, Jews were more than happy to help out in this venture, and the Jewish pirates of the Caribbean, like Moses Henriques, were prominent in the Dutch raids on Spanish galleons. In the 1600s, Jamaica was a haven for pirates and Jews, a situation which continued even after the English took control. Moses Henriques eventually retired from piracy, was forgiven his past misdeeds and was naturalised as a Jamaican by the English governor, Henry Morgan, interestingly enough, who had also been a pirate. Fast forward 200 years to 1853, when Rosa was born into a thriving Jewish community in Port Maria, as well as Kingston, the capital. At the age of 22, life changed dramatically for the young Rosa. She married a Scottish naval officer named Thomas Smith and two years later set sail for Scotland and eventually Melbourne, where it is known that she had an uncle. She spent 10 years in South Melbourne, very involved in helping the sick and poor around the docks and especially working in the Sailor's Rest in Port Melbourne. Captain Smith was then appointed Inspector of Pearl Fisheries in Western Australia and together with Rosa, they travelled around the northwest coast to such places as Shark Bay, Dampier and Broome. She spent most of her time on one of her husband's ships called Meda and then set up home in a town called Cossack, which apparently was quite a busy place in its day. Today it is a ghost town, but certainly well worth a visit if you are ever up in the Pilbara region. Rosa came back to Fremantle in 1890 the start of 31 years of working tirelessly for the Fremantle community. The Sailor's Rest was founded mainly through the efforts of Rosa and was housed in a building at Port Lodge with a large hall seating up to 150 people, separate apartments and sitting rooms for officers and men, 
with private quarters for the commissioner. It was designed to provide opportunities for seamen to spend their leisure hours in comfortable and wholesome surroundings. Rosa took on the role of superintendent and was instrumental in raising £2,000, a lot of money at that time, for the organisation on the Port Lodge site. This establishment was the forerunner of the Flying Angels Club still operating on Queen Victoria Street. Rosa visited every ship that came to Fremantle. It was not unusual for her to visit sick and injured seamen in Fremantle Hospital when they ended up there and even have them at her home. For this work, she was presented with an acknowledgement by the Duchess of York on behalf of the British Seamen's Society of London. She was also the first woman on the Fremantle School Board and convinced the governor to build an infant school in South Fremantle. In 1921, after a bout of ill health, she and Captain Smith decided to return to Jamaica where she died within the year. Zara Aronson was born in Sydney in 1964. She distinguished herself through her journalism, feminism and charitable work in Sydney and Perth after having spent her early life in Europe. She returned to Sydney in 1879 to complete her education. In October 1882, following her marriage to Frederick Aronson, a merchant, she launched into her charitable work and served on the committees of the Sydney Industrial Blind Institution and the Queen Victoria Home for Consumptives, a wasting disease such as pulmonary tuberculosis near Thurmere, New South Wales. It was thought that providing a home for people who were suffering in the more advanced stages of the illness by isolating them, it would help to stop the disease from spreading more rapidly. At the time, between 4,000 and 8,000 people in the colony were dying every year from the disease. The homes were largely supported by public subscription, but this was not easy to maintain. An active feminist from the 1890s, she was an original member of the Women's Literary Society and a founding member of the National Council of Women in 1896. She contributed to a range of journals and newspapers throughout her life which included Australian Town and Country Journal, the Sydney Mail and the Sydney Morning Herald. She also wrote a cookery book, the proceeds of which she donated to the Junior Red Cross in New South Wales. She was an original member of the Executive Committee of the New South Wales Division of the British Red Cross Society in 1914 and organised and ran the depot which distributed more than a million books and magazines 
during World War I. What an amazing effort. She maintained her feminist interests when she became Foundation Secretary of the Women Writers of New South Wales in 1925, assuming the presidency in 1930. She was appointed Officer of the Order of the British Empire on the 23rd of June 1936 for her services to the Red Cross Society. A true feminist of her time, she died in her home in North Richmond on the 20th of December 1949. Ida Cohen was born on the 27th of August 1867 in Tamworth, New South Wales. She was the eldest child of native-born parents, Nathan Cohen and Esther Solomon. Her father was a stock and station agent. Nathan and his siblings, Henry and George, had been born in Port Macquarie. Esther, unfortunately, died early in 1880 in childbirth at the age of 34 with her seventh child. And the following year, Nathan, who was mayor of Tamworth, married Esther's sister, Deborah. Although Ida was a deeply religious Jew, she was educated at St. Dominican's convent and became foundation president and later patron of the Tamworth Dominican All Girls Union. On the 4th of December, 1901, at her father's Tamworth home, she married George's son, her cousin, Victor Isaac Cohen, who was then managing director of Nathan Cohen and Company Limited. The ceremony, conducted by Reverend Landau of Sydney, was believed to be Tamworth's first Jewish wedding. Ida and Victor had three sons. Ida went on to be a foundation member and fundraiser of the Tamworth branch of the British Red Cross Society. Her sister Alice was secretary. In those days, everything was British rather than Australian. She was regularly to be seen on the post office corner, equipped with a small table, a chair and a large Union Jack suspended from the railing, gently urging passers-by to make donations or to buy buttons, miniature tin hats or poppies. Ida collected there for Red Cross and other charities until she was 89 years old, protected in the summer by a yellowing Panama hat and in the winter by one rug around her shoulders and another across her knees. Her dignified, gracious manner, unfailing kindness, tolerance and genuine interest in the welfare of others won her the admiration and respect of her fellow citizens. Ida had no time for women who spent their days wiping masks, marks off mirrors and she was very much preferred 
to invest her time and talents in every charitable and patriotic appeal in her district. She was a Justice of Peace, Foundation member and president of the Tamworth Ladies Benevolent Society, a member of the Tamworth and District Ambulance Committee and president of its Ladies Committee. She was involved in the Country Women's Association, as well as belonging to the Women's Auxiliaries of Tamworth Hospital and the Returned Sailors, Soldiers and Airmen's Imperial League of Australia. As you can see, there was not a minute to be wasted by Ira, and so richly deserved was in her 80th year she received a Certificate of Appreciation from the State Executive of the RSL. And she was awarded the Red Cross Long Service Medal and Bar, following which she was appointed a member of the British Empire in 1955. And then, at the age of 87, the Governor of New South Wales, Sir John Northcott, travelled to Tamworth for the investiture. Ida was most interested in history and a member of the Australian Jewish Historical Society. At the age of 91, she delivered the Anzac Day Commemorative Address at Tamworth and was given statewide radio coverage. Age did not weary her and at 96, She was still doing as much as she possibly could with all her loved charities and organisations. On the 18th of April 1970, aged 102 years, Ida passed away in her beloved Tamworth and was buried in the local cemetery. A truly remarkable soul. Fanny Redding was born on 2nd of December 1884 in Minsk, Russia and was the eldest of five children. The family name originally was Rubinovich and in 1918 her father changed the family name by deed poll to Redding. In 1889 Fanny and her mother joined her father in Victoria, and Fanny's childhood was spent at Ballarat, which at the time was a very vibrant Jewish community. Later, the family moved to St Kilda in Melbourne, and Fanny embarked on a Bachelor of Music degree at the University of Melbourne. Following completion of this, she taught part-time at St Kilda Hebrew School and was Honorary Secretary of the Maccabean Union, which at that time was a Jewish literary and debating society. She was also the founder and vice president of the influential Jewish Young People's Association, established in 1911 to counteract apathy and assimilation. Whilst teaching, she started taking an increased interest in welfare and health issues 
1916, she returned to the university to study medicine, completing her degree in 1922. She then moved to Sydney to join her brother, Abraham, who was also a physician in general practice. Such was the order of the day at that time. Female doctors tended to treat mainly women and children, and her patients used to call her Dr Fanny. She took on honorary appointments at St George Hospital in Coggera, Rachel Forster Hospital for Women and Children in Redfern, and later at Walper Jewish Hospital in Wallara, where she was vice president. Little did she know at that time how her life would become closely bound up with that of the hospital. She was appointed a life governor of the Benevolent Society of New South Wales, the Dalwood Children's Home in Seaford and Women's Hospital in Crown Street. It was Dr Fanny's belief that Jewish women should work actively to achieve improvements within their community as well as in the wider society. She certainly practised what she preached and following a visit from a female emissary for the Jewish National Fund, she founded the Council of Jewish Women in New South Wales and became its first president in 1923, a position she held until 1931. She had four key ideals, which became the cornerstone of council work. They were Judaism, Israel, Jewish education and philanthropy for both Jewish and non-Jewish communities. In 1925, the council affiliated with the International Council of Jewish Women, of which Dr Fanny Redding was to become its vice president in 1949. Dr Fanny travelled widely and in 1925 she was one of the Australian delegates to the Quinquennial Convention of the International Council of Women in Washington and to a Zionist Congress in Vienna, followed by a visit to Palestine. She returned to Sydney, dedicated to the Zionist cause for which she worked staunchly at a time when its fortunes in the Jewish community were checkered and its aims frequently misunderstood and even strongly opposed. Her next goal was to establish maternity hospitals and other welfare projects. Her travels also took her interstate and between 1927 and 1929 the Council of Jewish Women took flight in all Australian states. A first national conference was held in 1929 and Dr Fanny Redding became its president and later its life president. Her wider social welfare work did not go unnoticed and she was recognised and received the King George V Jubilee Medal in 1935 and the King George VI Coronation Medal 
1937. In building a national sisterhood, Dr Fanny wanted women to realise their full potential and take their place not only as individuals but also as Jews. Through both the National Council of Jewish Women and the Australian Jewish Welfare Society, she was active in immigration reception work in the 1930s, particularly assisting Jewish refugees from Nazi Germany. In 1947, the sensationalist Swiss Weekly accused Australian Jewry of sending funds collected for the Jewish rescue organisation Youth Aliyah to aid the campaign against terrorism for... Oh, Sorry. Sorry, I messed that up. So I redid the paragraph with the first error. I'll just do the par paragraph with the um, last error starting in 1957. In 1957, Fanny attended the ICJW convention in Israel, where a settlement established earlier in her honour was dedicated as Neve Tsipora, the latter word being her Hebrew name. In 1961, she was appointed as a member of the British Empire. The National Council of Jewish Women War Memorial Fanny Reading Council House in Wallara became a home for all council members and this was opened in 1961. Following this milestone in 1972, she was honoured in the auditorium of the National Jewish Memorial Centre in Canberra, which bears her name. Dr Fanny had a calming manner which was marked by considerable determination, evidenced in her own professional achievements as well as those in the wider Jewish and general community. She had an amazing vision for a woman of her time and did much to establish women as a distinctive force within the organised Australian Jewish community, linking the old idea of charitable service and fundraising as appropriate areas for female endeavour with the newer feminist-inspired goal of female participation in communal policy formation. She never married. And on the 19th of November, 1974, she passed away at the Walper Jewish Hospital. Established by the National Council of Jewish Women in 1953, of which she had been a moving force. She was buried at Rookwood Cemetery. <laughs> Thanks, Suzanne. It's been great having you as our guest storyteller today. 
We hope to tell many more stories about notable Australian Jewish women who have played their part in Australian history in upcoming episodes. So just a reminder that if you have any stories or information which might be of interest to share, please reach out to the Australian Jewish Historical Society via the website ajhs.com.au and we might be able to feature them in future episodes. We also love hearing your feedback, so please feel free to reach out via the website. That's also the place where you'll find a fountain of information, including databases which may feature members of your family. A big thank you to the Australian Jewish News for their support in helping build our audience, which is really growing a strong following. So thank you to everyone out there. This podcast was made possible because of the tireless work of Ruth Lillian, who coordinates our storytellers and heads up all of the research and writing. The production is from my team at Com Together. Our next episode will contain another collection of notable people from across the country. I'm Anthony Pearl, and on behalf of AJHS, I look forward to having you join us next time. Yeah. 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 Yeah.